0: morning good afternoon or good evening today is monday november 1st and you're listening to rocket city lift
1: Hi everyone, welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger.
0: And I'm Brett Goodman.
1: And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today we're going to hear about the prophet Elijah. But before that, let's begin with prayer.
0: Let us pray. Lord God, in all that we do today, may we recognize your goodness and your love and your grace when we see pain, may we come to you for healing. When we see hurt, may we come to you for healing. And may we be agents of change in this world. We pray this all in your name. Amen.
1: Amen. Our passage today is from First Kings, the 19th chapter, verses 1 through 18. I think it's probably helpful if I give you a little bit of background on this story. The prophet Elijah has been called by God to confront the Israelite people who have been worshiping, um, the God ball. And so Elijah does that just previous to this story. Elijah has had essentially a big showdown, a showdown in the desert, <laughs> um, where he, um, challenges the God ball to, um, to start a fire, um, to all, have all these supernatural things occur. And God clearly wins. And then after that, Elijah takes all of the prophets of Baal and um, executes them, essentially. And so that's where our story picks up. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how Elijah had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah was afraid he got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba which belongs to Judah he left his servant there But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. Elijah looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Elijah got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they are seeking my life to take it away. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant. "'thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. "'I alone am left, and they are seeking seeking my life to take it away.' "'Then the Lord said to him, "'Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. "'When you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel as king over Aram. "'Also you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel.' And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat of Abel-Mehalah, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him this is the word of the lord
0: thanks, thanks be, be to, to god, god. <clears throat> tara there is so much in this text uh in this narrative what jumps out at you at first
1: um well you know tongue in cheek right what jumps out at me is that um all elijah needs is a nap and some cake <laughs> um but maybe i'm reading myself into it i <laughs> <clears throat> There's so much here. I think the more I read this, I read it and hold it up against the story that came just before. So here's what I mean. Um, In the story right before this, Elijah runs to Ahab in order to have this showdown. But in this story, he's running from Jezebel. Hmm. Um, In uh, this story, um, you know, Elijah is feeling like he has no hope. And in the story that we just read, it's full of hope because God so soundly defeats um, the prophets of Baal. And so there's just a lot. For instance, um, he runs to Mount Horeb, which is where God is. I'm looking at my notes over here in case y'all are listening, and I don't know why because I can't read them. (laughs) (laughs) So there's just a lot that is, you know, we see in the one hand, there's all of this, um, supernatural power where he asks God to burn the offering without burning up the ground around it. But in this passage, God's not in all the supernatural stuff. God is in the silence. So, all that to say, Brett, I haven't narrowed it down to one thing. What about you? <laughs> I just basically rambled. Man, I hope I'm not going to be like this all day. Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean it, I hadn't thought about comparing those two stories uh before, but it almost seems to me of like the story before is is we have these I think we have these moments in our life when faith is so uh black and white. I mean, it's a, Yahweh is clearly one against Baal. It's the supernatural. It's this great thing. It's clearly black and white. It's it's everything feels obvious. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm called to do. I know who God is. And it's, you know, typically that happens at like a retreat or, or something. It's just black and white. And then immediately you have the gray of life okay. uh, that hits Elijah and, yeah. and the narrative that, we're ha- that we have. And probably why, you know, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because of because I've experienced so much gray in my life. Of <laughs> you know, how many times have we gone to God and be like, I've, you know, I've been zealous for you. I've done what you've wanted, and things still kind of suck. Uh, things are still hard. I've I've kept your commandments. I've, I feel like I've been doing. Re- I've been giving a lot to you, God, uh, and now it just seems like uh, it's not enough. Um, and in that. Uh, we run away, we try to hide, uh, and then where God meets us is in that sheer silence. Um, that sheer, uh, again, after the supernatural has passed, um, God still meets us in that area. And so the, I think this this really lovely meeting of, of God can both meet you in on the mountaintop with such clarity, but God can also meet us in the gray confusion terrifiedness of life
1: i do think this i say this all the time in worship because it's literally one of my favorite things about john calvin right which he said um to know god is to know yourself to know yourself is to know god so what calvin meant is if we can fully grasp who we are in our sinfulness then we can also grasp who God is and God's graciousness and vice versa. So I think what we see here is the real humanity of Elijah. And it is about difficulty, right? Elijah wants to follow out God's call, but it has gotten too hard. And haven't we all been there? I love what we see too in that you see the humanness of Elijah, which he's like, I know better than my ancestors. I'm the only one left. Everyone else has, you know, been killed. It's not true. There are yeah. actually, I think actually more people who are followers of God than there were worshipers of Baal. So, you know, when we are tired and discouraged, suddenly that black and white thinking really kicks in. Mm. And we're like, everything is terrible and I cannot do it. But then you also see, right? So we see Elijah and his humanity and we also see who God is. Mm. And God is the one. Who can, you know, show have a showdown in the desert with the prophets of all. But God is also the one who comes in the silence and says, essentially, get back to work. (laughs) Right? It's hard. Get back to work. Um, Yeah, it must be pretty scary. Get back to work. And all of that trust and joy of the mountaintop experience, really, of what happened, that's the other thing. The first story takes place at Mount Carmel. This one takes place at Mount Horeb.
0: <laughs> Got there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Woo!
1: <Whoa! laughs> um, and so I just, um, I love that you see so much of Elijah's humanity. I really relate to him here. And I also love to remember that God speaks however God chooses.
0: Well, and and to, to that point of, of God calling Elijah back, and, and we've talked about this of you know, uh, mountaintops are very much where God consistently shows up. Mountaintop, you know, we talk about mountaintop experiences like that is literally from the Bible. It's on mountaintops that God consistently shows up. It's not just a phrase. It has a meaning. And so Elijah has that mountaintop and he doesn't go to the mountaintop of Mount Horeb. He goes to a cave, uh, and caves, as we know from the ancient near East are that is not where you go to meet God. That is where you go to die. Uh, and and God, and so he goes from the mountaintop to the tomb, essentially, and God beckons Elijah forth out of the tomb, back into life, back to what God, and, you know, so often we want to retreat and fall in on ourselves, and God calls us to resurrection every day uh, through Jesus Christ, that we have this new life every day that we're being called forth to, um, and I just Again, as you said, that's who God is.
1: Yeah. So we're going to close with a quote from G.K. Chesterton in his book, The Innocence of Father Brown. Sleep, cried Father Brown, sleep. We have come to the end of the ways. Do you know what sleep is? Do you know that every man who sleeps believes in God? It is a sacrament, for it is an act of faith, and it is a food. And we need a sacrament if only a natural one.
0: (laughs) Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Mm -hmm.